Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for joining us on the Activate Podcast, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and joining me today is Pastor Christian Newsom, lead pastor for JCI. Uh, this past Sunday, we launched a new series entitled Judges, Heroes of the Faith. You know, at various times throughout this summer, we will be studying the book of Judges and more specifically, the people God used to deliver the nation of Israel. Um, before we jump into the discussion questions today, Pastor Christian, I'd like to talk a little bit about student camp. As, as people are listening right now to this podcast, we have over 160 students um, in Panama Beach, Florida um, for our summer summer student camp. And I know you never miss an opportunity to be with the students at camp. Why why is camp so important for teenagers, number one? And, and how can we specifically be praying for the students this week? Well, I never miss an opportunity to be at camp because you don't have to work, right? I mean, <laughs> you, you get go. to, you get you to go, go to the beach for a week, even though that's not true of me. I get to preach like a crazy man uh, all week. But the reality is for kids going to camp, you say, why is it so important for kids to go to camp? You know, in Ecclesiastes 3.11, uh, Solomon says that God put eternity into the hearts of man. He's made everything beautiful in his time, but he's put eternity in their hearts so that they try to think about the things of God. I think, I think all of humanity uh, is hardwired to think about the things of God and to search him out because of that hardwired, eternal kind of imago day planted in our genes. And the reason many don't is because they just don't have time. And the thing I love about youth camp is it gets kids away from school, gets them away from homework, gets them away from perhaps toxic uh, friendships, toxic relationships, sometimes gets them away from families that just run too hard, and it just allows them to get alone with God. Uh, whether it's teenagers, whether it's the adults, we see a lot of great spiritual movement in the lives of the adult leaders. We see the same thing when we go on a mission trip. You know, when, when we see Jesus spend 40 days alone with God, and we see Moses spend 40 days alone with God, and we see Elijah spend 40 days alone with God, we see these great men and women of God who needed to get away from life in order to recharge spiritually. And for some reason, we don't think we have to do that. I mean, if Jesus had to get away to recharge spiritually, if Elijah had to get away to recharge spiritually, if Moses had to get away to recharge spiritually— why would we think that we could just nine to five it every day, hit church a couple times a month on a Sunday morning, maybe be in a small group, try to serve on Love Week, and that we'd be good to go? I love youth camp because it calls time out on life, and it allows us to just spend a week focusing on God. Uh, as, a, as a leader, as a dad, as a husband, as a Christian, as a pastor, as a speaker at camp, I love that kids and families are being intentional about saying, you know what, we're going to give God one week of our summer uh, and God, usually when you give God attention, he moves. I mean, if, if you will just stop, he moves. God's always speaking. The question is, do you ever slow down enough to hear it? So at camp, we slow down enough to hear God. We stop enough to allow God to move. We've said on this podcast, God is a gentleman. He's not going to bust down your door. Camp is unlocking your front door, uh, if not even propping it open and telling God, listen, you can stop by any time this week that you want to. Um, I've carved out some margin for you. And he does. And we're going to see God move in the lives of our teenagers and our leaders because of that. And, and for that reason, I love camp. I love mission trips. I love vacation Bible school. I love weeks that are set aside. I love love week, weeks that are set aside for God. Because really, I think that's what God is waiting for most in us is just a little margin, a little surrender, a little space in our life 
uh, and he can speak life, give life, uh, bring life to us in a brand new way. And that's that's what our prayer is for our students this week, right, Pastor Christian, is that God just continues to move in their lives and open doors and, and really do something special. Yeah, start moving, start moving again, continue moving. A lot of our students last year began a spiritual journey that that's ended right. two or three weeks after camp. And the cool thing about God is he doesn't have, he doesn't make you go back to the starting line. He says, hey, you know where you left off last year? Let's start there and let's go again this year. So some of our students are just going to begin again a journey that they began with God. And this time we hope it lasts a little longer, sinks a little deeper, uh, transforms, um, you know, a little more impactfully in their hearts. So let's jump into Judges because Judges is a really fascinating book. In fact, it's not only a book of the Bible— it's also a period of time for the nation of Israel. We call it the period of the judges. Um, Pastor Christian, I know how much you enjoy history. How could reading and studying the ancient history book of Judges help us today? Well, I think Judges Judges is a study in a lot of different things, but one of those things is when we think we've arrived, we still need X, right? I mean, the, the people of Israel for generations just wanted a land. They wanted a place to call home. I mean, Abraham, Isaac... Jacob, Joseph, the generations of 430 years in Egypt, the the wilderness generation that uh, roamed for 40 years. I mean, they just wanted a place, and they thought, once we have our place, everything will be good. And it wasn't. They had their place, but they were still missing a leader. And then they thought, well, once once we have a leader to fight our battles for us, we'll be good. And Judges is a story of all of those leaders who still don't bring the fulfillment. The The book of Judges was written for the reader who understood the history of Israel to really long for a king like David, uh, a king who was righteous, a king who followed God, a people who led people well. But even in David, we we see, you know, just the, the frailty of human nature. So the book of Judges really makes us long for something better. It makes us long for Jesus. And the cool thing about the book of Judges is we all have a when I get this mentality I'll have everything I need in life. And that was Israel, when we have land. Well, when we have land and a leader. Well, when we have land and an army. Well, when we have land and a king. And what they realized is that everything in the in the world, short of a relationship with God through a Savior, still left them wanting. And Jesus said, listen, what's a profit of man? Uh, what good is it? What value is it if you gain the whole world? You have everything you ever thought you needed, but you lose your soul. You've got to start by gaining your soul, by surrendering your life to Jesus. And then once you have gained your soul, man, the world opens up in front of you. So that that's why I love Judges, and that's why it's such a significant um, book in the Bible. So, Pastor Christian, we talked extensively about the spin cycle of sin for the nation of Israel, and we can see that outlined in the book of Judges multiple times. They were directed by God, they drifted from God, they experienced difficulty, then they demanded help from God, and then God delivered them. Uh, this is the cycle, I think, that's repeated in the history of Israel multiple times, and if we're not careful, is a cycle that's repeated in our own lives. Uh, the question really is, why don't we ever learn? More specifically, something seems to happen when we begin to drift from God. What happens, and, and how can we prevent this cycle from happening in our own life? You know, so there's no neutral on the gear shift of Christianity, right? There, there is a—I think there's a park— I know there's a drive, there's a go forward, and there's certainly a reverse, but a lot of people would like to sit between driving and reversing 
you know, and just kind of idle from time to time, but you can't do that. You, you drift and you always drift backwards. So listen, Christianity is an uphill battle. Christianity is hard. Christianity takes diligent relational work every day, just like marriage, just like friendship. Remember, Christianity is not religion. It's a relationship and it is an uphill relationship that is worth every step you take. But if you slow down, you're going to slide backwards. You're going to drift. This week we'll be at Panama City Beach with the kids, and we will tell them, those who go out in the ocean with a raft, listen, find a landmark on the beach because if you go out and if you quit fighting the current and if you get at a place where your feet are not touching and you just drift, you're going to drift away. You're going to drift down the beach, and then you're going to have to walk back up. You know, I I think life is hard enough in itself uh, in our American culture, the way the way that we do life, the time we get up for work, the time we go to bed, the activities that we immerse ourselves and our children in. Um, I just think there's so much that goes on in the world of our life that when we want to take a break, we drift and we always drift away from God. And a lot of it is an unhealthy culture of Christianity where we're raised to cling to God when we need him. And when we don't kind of do it ourselves and then when we need him again, kind of kind of reach back up. Uh, God is kind of like the gondola uh, who, you know, if you find yourself at the bottom, you can hold on to him and he'll take you back up to the top. But we're always going to work ourselves back down the mountain again. Uh, So it it just has to be a real intentional moment by moment daily effort. And I don't think a lot of people are are presented with a Christianity like that. You know, we present such a such a heaven or hell past or future um, you know, we we present the the big the big ideals of Christianity, which you know they're true. Eternity's real. We started this podcast by talking about Ecclesiastes three eleven. God set eternity in our hearts, but I think we need to do a better job of saying, "Listen, this is what it looks like to walk with Jesus." Not you know, maybe we just need to change our terminology because what people think a Christian is uh, sometimes has nothing to do with walking with Jesus, not just following Jesus, walking alongside. Jesus. Our theme at camp this year is walk this way, because Christianity is walking a certain way. It's not just a belief system. It's not just a decision. It's not just a place that you go or a group you belong to. Christianity is walking a certain way, walking like Jesus, walking with Jesus. But you got to keep walking, because the minute you don't, like you're, you're on a backwards escalator, the minute you you stop taking a step forward, you're going to slide a few steps backwards. We see that over and over and over again with the Israelites. Listen, not just in Judges. We see it in Egypt. We see it in the wilderness. Then we see it in Judges. Then we see it under Saul. Then we see it under David. Then we see it big time under Solomon. Then we see it under Rehoboam. Then the kingdom splits, so we see it in Israel, and we see it in Judah. Then they go into exile, and we see it with Daniel and some of his friends. Then they come back from exile, uh, and we see it in the times of Jesus. I mean, it is, and then we see it in the New Testament church, and eventually we see it in our lives, right? I mean, we looked at Israel's spin cycle, but we looked at Brandon's spin cycle. We looked at Christian's spin cycle. Put your name on it. It's just where we live when we stop walking where God has directed us. We just begin to drift away from that point until we realize, oh, no, I'm at the bottom of the mountain again. God, I need you to swing around and take me take me back up. Pastor Christian, you stated in your message, all of the judges, especially the ones that we'll learn about, were limited in their abilities with an identifiable weakness, an oddity, or a barrier to overcome. The reality is, is that God used broken people to help deliver a broken nation. 
What would you say to the person listening today that truly desires to be used by God in significant ways, but believes that they don't have anything to offer, or what they have to offer isn't anything that God would ever use? Well, I, I would say this. So I'm I'm going to give our podcast listeners a uh, a look into kind of the way we do this. Did, sure. did you or did you not ask me question 1A? I don't think you did, right? I, no, I asked you question 1A, yes, about youth camp. Not 1B. But not 1B. Because yeah. you were, you were going to ask me, you had a question in here that you skipped over, yeah. um, about a time in my life when someone helped me at a pivotal moment, what sure. were the circumstances? Sure. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your current question with the story in light of, of that, that answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would I say to the person today who truly desires to be used by God in a significant way, but believes they don't have anything to offer or what they offer isn't enough yes. right now. The person in my life that probably impacted me the most at a pivotal time was Pastor Brian Beloy. Uh, Pastor Brian Beloy and his wife, Amy Westridge Church, their church, became our parent church, our partner church. They really helped plant Journey Church International. He was just a pastor I'd learned about. I was going to his church just to see it in action. I reached out to his assistant, said, could Pastor Brian pray with me? Uh, after church, she said, yeah, he ended up taking me out to lunch. Um, and through that lunch birthed a relationship where he kind of heard our story and said, listen, you, do, you don't really know what you're doing, but we're going to help you. Just God gave them a heart for us, and, and they helped us. We would not have made it without Westridge Church and Pastor Brian Beloy. Without their love, without their encouragement, without their influence, without their leadership, without the money that they gave to us. I mean, that he'll be in to speak on June 24th. I mean, they, they've become our church planting parents. We would not have made it without them. We learned after the fact. He told us two or three years into our church that that 15-month period when he met us was the most difficult, hard, heart-wrenching, um, gut-churning time in the history of their ministry. It was one of the only times where they wondered if they should leave local church ministry because of the difficulty that they were having. And they said, man, when we look back on that time, all we remember is trying to keep our head above water. We don't remember helping anyone do anything. We were just trying to survive. And in the midst of that survival, because they were willing to take a young couple out to lunch and do what they could, they weren't in a posture of strength. They were in a posture of struggle. But what they could offer us in their struggle was more than we could offer ourselves in strength. And it radically changed our lives. And it's changing lives of people all over Kansas City, in Lee Summit, now in Olathe, uh, globally through our, our, you know, our, our online church ministry, um, 30 different countries that will listen to this podcast. That all happened because somebody at a low point in their ministry was willing to do what they could that they didn't even remember being very much because they were trying to figure out if they could keep their head above water because of some struggles they were experiencing as their church shifted between years 15 and 20. Uh, but when I when I look at our story, I see the book of Judges. I see God using broken, wounded, you know, what felt like spiritually handicapped people at the time who were struggling to lend us what they could, and God allowed that to turn into so much strength, which reminds us, don't just help people on your good days, because on your bad days, sometimes your struggle is more than other people's strength, and if you'll be willing to give what you can, even in the midst of your struggle, God will use it just like he used the loaves and the fish, God will use it for something more. So the question you didn't ask me, I answered. Pivotal time in my life when God allowed a judge to step in, and in their struggle, God still allowed me to feel their strength. 
was Pastor Brian Beloy, and it answers this question as well. What do you say to the person that says they don't feel like they have very much to offer? Offer what you can, because even what you offer in your struggle, God can use in strength for somebody else. And that is the story of judges, a bunch of guys who were not good enough, but their availability was more important than their ability, and God used what they offered. That was really powerful. So last question today, Pastor Christian, one of the most intriguing truths from Sunday's message was that the spiritual trajectory of the people God used to deliver the nation of Israel went from strength to weakness. Uh, We start the book of Judges completing the story of Joshua, one of Israel's strongest, most courageous leaders, and we end the book with Samson, a judge who struggled um, with moral failure. What can we learn from this, and, and how can we use that in our lives this week? I think what we can learn is is Joshua's strength was God. People say, oh, Joshua was the strongest commander in the history of Israel. Not really. I mean, not if you just read his story. You hear both Moses, his mentor, and God over and over again saying, stop being so scared. Right? So we look at Joshua. How did Joshua get strong? Through God. You know, God leveraged in Joshua what he could leverage for the sake of his kingdom. And you, you say, so what made what made Joshua strong? Surrendering the things in his life to God. You say, what made Samson useful at all? Just surrendering a little bit of the things in his life. What you read in the story of Joshua into Judges, then into, you know, First and Second Samuel and the stories of Saul and David is that a life surrendered for God can be used mightily. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, you say, well, what about somebody who's messed up a bunch of times? Yeah, God used Samson. What about somebody who, um, you know, has some physical or some mental handicaps or some emotional handicaps? Yeah, God used Ehud. Uh, What about somebody with a lot of gifts, but, you know, a lot of ego? God used Saul when the ego came under control. What about somebody with a lot of vision, but not a whole lot of gifting? God used a little shepherd boy named David and his sling and his stones. What what we learn from the book of Judges is that God will use a life that's submitted to him. God will use a life that is surrendered to him. Whether whether we surrender our strengths or whether we surrender our total weaknesses, if we will surrender to God, God will use us for his purposes, for his glory, uh, for his kingdom that he told us to pray would come on earth just like it would come on heaven. If we will surrender our lives to God and say, God, I don't have much but here's what I have. Uh, God, I've, you know, I've got some pretty good gifts, but I want you to use them, take them. Or God, I've got a messed up, dysfunctional past and history. I don't think I have one good thing to offer you, but if you'll have me, here I am. Like Samson, he'll, he'll even use that to accomplish it, his purposes. So I, I think that's what Judges teaches us from a practical standpoint, that if you'll surrender what you have, God will use it. Pastor Christian, thank you for your time today, and and thank you, podcast listeners. We we hope that our conversation has not only increased your interest in studying the Bible, but has also inspired you to apply its truths even more into your life. We'll catch you next time on the Activate Podcast, where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. 
Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.